Look at that kiosk. Looks like a mapping of each hub's index. It appears one of the hubs was recently unlocked. Go to the center and do a goofy dance. At the center, you find a little stage that looks perfect for supporting a spectacularly silly dance. Or it would if standing on it didn't make you a little nervous, and also if that didn't sound like a ridiculous idea given the circumstances. It looks sort of like the various... It looks sort of like the various contraptions you've been deploying in John's house. You wonder what it does. Attempt to plug laptop into nearby hub. Great! You just vaporized your dead cat. Oh well. Ashes to ashes, you guess. There's got to be a better way to deal with this lousy tree. Looks like you can choose between picking leaves or awkwardly uprooting the whole tree, as you've been doing. You select leaf. You also turn off auto-balance, since its consequences can be a little mystifying sometimes. Pause. You gather up all your items again in order... You gather up all your items again in an order that places your laptop in conveniently accessible leaf. You're not sure why you didn't do this a lot sooner. Kind of funny looking at the tree now, but you're... Kind of a funny looking tree now, but your concern for structural elegance is... But your concern for structural elegance is at an all-time low. Find the unlocked hub. As long as you're going to plug in your computer, you might as well find that hub. Here it is, hub SN Lab 0413. It is unlocked and thus removable from the grid. You suspect this was the same beacon transmitting the unsecured signal you were using earlier. You pick the laptop from the leaf of the tree. You plug your laptop into the hub, then capture log the hub, and then the laptop. You plug your laptop into the hub, then capture log the lub, and the... Wow. Pausing here. There must be a better place around here to set up your computer. This... Uh... You plug your laptop into the hub, then capture log the hub, and then the laptop. There must be a better place around here to set up your computer. Phew! <laughs> This huge grid of electronics is sort of this huge grid of electronics is sort of un this huge grid of electronics is sort of uninviting. You look around. Hey, what's that? Skynet Laboratory. Unestablished in three minutes, fourteen seconds, thirteen, twelve, eleven, ten, nine. It's another one of those ominous countdowns. You didn't notice it when you first entered the lab about a minute ago. It looks like this may have been ticking for years. Whatever it's ticking down to, there isn't much time. You can only hope... You can only hope that when you turn on your computer again, 
there will be a connection invitation from one Mr. Strider. Again in the future. Another timer winds down sideways. Dave, abscond. Keeps happening. What does? You don't have time to humor every random thought that pops into your head. The clock is ticking. Rose, look around for anything else of importance. This looks like something of importance. It appears to be Skynet's primary session terminal monitoring a great number of SBIRB sessions in the northeastern United States and parts of Canada. Upon further investigation, you draw some logical conclusions. It looks like each session consists of an IP address and a physical location. The colored dots on the map appear to be meteor impact sites. It seems each session corresponds with a meteor, but not all meteors have sessions. The color of the dot appears to indicate the status of the meteor's descent. The red dot indicates meteors that have already landed. Yellow dots are imminent collisions. Green will impact later, and blue will take the longest to touch down. You use the panel to center on your present location and zoom in. Surrounding the lab are, of course, the hundreds of smaller meteors that have been raining down steadily throughout the evening. Most of these meteorites have either landed already or will shortly. Centered over the lab is a significantly larger imminent collision. You can't say precisely how imminent, but you could certainly take an educated stab at it. Just southwest of the lab, centered suspiciously near the location of your home, is an even larger looming collision, though this one appears slightly less imminent. The terminal looks like it can monitor any meteor or session around the world. Search filters can be applied as well, restricting results based on size, time of impact, location, and so on. You zoom way out and narrow the search based on size. The two at the top of the list appear to be the biggest by far. You examine only their coordinates. The second biggest is centered over a U.S. city. The biggest by landslide is, luckily for the Earth, you suppose, way out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Turn on your laptop and check on John. You plug the laptop into the hub again and turn it on. It is now powered and connected to the wireless signal the hub is broadcasting. 
Your Esper obsession reconnects. No sign of John here. You wonder why the house is shaking. Last time you saw him, he was on one of the roof platforms. You will have to navigate via the Esper interface to find him. Ascend. John. High five, Nanakin. TT. Good work, John. EB. Oh, hey, you're back. TT. For now. I'll have to leave again shortly. It looks like there's another large meteor headed for my present location. EB. Oh, so you mean Dave connected with you? TT. Not yet. I'll explain later. But I think I've determined that activating the timer in the game is not directly responsible for summoning a meteor to your location. The countdown seems merely to exist as a kind of warning to the player, as well as a strange coincidence. EB. Um, okay. I don't really think I get it. Is this relevant? TT. Probably not at the moment, and certainly not to you. I have to go. EB. Okay, later. TT. P.S. Try not to waste too much of that grist while I'm gone. Climb that esh ladder. You rocket up the esh ladder to the dizzying heights of the vaunted Boy Skylark rung. Your new feather is hard-earned and well-deserved, and alarmingly fashionable. Collect fat loots. You and your ceramic poor collar rejoice in the mound of wealth yielded from your meteoric ascent up the ladder. You are still not sure what all these boon dollars can actually get you, but when pulling in such insane loot hand over fist like this, who cares? Not you. Pick up as much grist as you can hold. Your expanded cash limit is more than enough to accommodate the grist windfall. You gather up 2,260 pieces of build grist, 1,040 pieces of shale, 490 drops of tar, and 350 drops of mercury. You can't wait to find out what amazing items this new supply of grist will be just barely insufficient to produce. Oh god, there's grist litter down there too. Those stupid ogres were like huge grist pinatas. One of those big sour grape electric holocaust fruit gushers is jammed in the hole on the platform. You guess there's only one way to get it. Nana Sprite. John, don't forget your book. It is your birthright. You want to give it a read when you have a moment, particularly the first several pages. John. Okay, Nana, I will. Hey, Nana. Nana Sprite. Yes, dear? John. Since I am trying to get up to that gate, and since you can sort of conjure floating beds and throw me around and all, couldn't you just throw me up to the gate? Nana Sprite. Yes, of course, John. But that would not serve your purpose well. There is a very good reason why you should build up to it, and then keep building. John. Oh, okay. I guess that's what I figured. So just one more thing. Do you think instead of telling me exactly why that is with a clear explanation, you can give me a series of really coy riddles about it and then sort of giggle? Nana Sprite. John, you are a very fresh young man. Your father has done such a wonderful job raising you. I am so proud of you both. John. Haha, I guess. Nana Sprite. When you pass through the first gate, everything will change. You will find the place where the constellations dance beneath the clouds, and then your true work may begin. Hoo-hoo-hoo! John. I suddenly understand everything. Elsewhere we find a place. Where a kingdom lies entrenched beyond the impenetrable veil of darkness. 
graveyard stuffers. You are now the Peregrine Mendicant. You are flying westward in your peculiar mobile station. You have no sense of your bearing presently. The door is blocked by a metal column which extended through the entry shaft before liftoff. What will you do? PM. Check mail. This message to Dr. Brenner looks pretty serious. Open envelope. Never! The mail is sacred, and sacred is the trust between postman and the recipients of his precious parcels. You have made a solemn pledge to deliver this letter to the doctor just as soon as you determine where this address is or find any sort of discernible mailing address in this wasteland, for that matter. The mail is freedom. The mail is life. The mail is the very fabric of civiliz... Wait. Hold that thought for one moment. The mail is the one final hope for resurrecting a dead planet from its ashes, and the letter carriers are the brave soldiers of God in this righteous crusade. They are the defenders of the light of knowledge, free communication, and the exchange of ideas. They are the bold toters of all the little papery conduits of freedom. The white postmarked angels that whisper a message with their deliverance, a promise to the yearning. There is hope yet. Liberty. Reason. Justice. Civility. Edification. Perfection. Mail. Examine keyboard and screen. It's the terminal you use to activate the station's homing mechanism. It looks like it has now returned control to you. The default viewport displays commands previously entered, including your last and only command. Home. Type view. You type another one of the previously entered commands. It switches to the view of a young girl standing alone somewhere. There is a heavy amount of video interference of some sort. The girl seems familiar to you. Greetings. Don't I know you? Skynet Laboratory, unestablished in 1 minute 43 seconds, 42, 41, 40. Rose, refused to acknowledge the absurd tea set. You successfully disregard the tea set because its stupid inch shouldn't be in a place like this. You probe further into the lab. Looks like a little girl's room. This all strikes you as a bit odd. No time for messing around in here, though. Wear the scarf. Be the writer. Okay, maybe you'll do a little messing around. You're only human after- Ah, what's that? You are accosted by a friendly mutant kitten. John, resist great urge to take the wedged shale. You know you should try to grab this thing, but... You are suddenly feeling apprehensive about entering your father's room. With all the scampering around, you almost slipped your mind how much you hate his hideous clowns. No use putting it off any longer. There is only one thing left to do. Give me a D. Give me an E. Give me an S. Give me a C. Jump down. Plus 50 grist. Jade, scampering to Grand Foyer with wild abandon. Last scamper. You scamper your heart out and bump into something. You don't know why he always insists on keeping it so dark in here. Oh look, it was one of his dumb globes. These things make it obviously difficult to navigate the foyer. We get it, Grandad. You like to travel around the world going on adventures and stuff. Lousy goddamn stupid globes. Arm yourself. 
Grandpa will surely have stern words if he catches you without your trusty rifle at the ready. That's just what you need. Another one of his blustering, mustachioed diatribes. You are rolling your eyes in advance, getting them warmed up. But ideally, you can evade him altogether. All you have to do is get past the fireplace and out the front door, and you will be scot-free. Examine those chaps on the sofa. These are the manor's four distinguished house guests. They like to gather here by the fireplace for tea time, as well as pretty much all other times. It's all very mannerly and civilized. You know exactly what's going to happen when you try to sneak by. The fireplace is going to light up, and your grandpa's silhouette is going to appear in front of the fire and give you a good spook. He is so predictable. And there he goes. The old man has the flame. You suppose you could still manage to sneak by the crafty old man if you are fast enough. Avoiding an encounter would be ideal. Encounters with him are usually intense. Leap dramatically across the divide. Whoops! You guess an encounter with him is almost certain now, but most likely not for a while. Time to see what someone else is up to. Oh, let's say Dave. Strife. Yes, I am going out with this gun. No, I will not get a bigger one. No, I will not take yours. I can't even lift it. Oh, that is so preposterous. Do you even hear what you're saying? I will be fine. This is perfectly deadly gun. It shoots lots of incredibly deadly bullets. Oh, will you just stop it? I'm going now. Goodbye. Abscond. He was so much easier to deal with when he was alive. P.M. Miraculously survive. Peer out explosion hole. Rose refused to acknowledge the absurd kitten. You fail miserably. Oh, look, there's some more mad science crap over here. Insert coin. This weird arcade gizmo adapted to this setup obviously doesn't take coins anymore, assuming it ever did. Besides, you left all your coins on the fridge, remember? Let's play a game. This doesn't appear to be a game. It appears to be an appearifier. Screw around with the appearifier. You mess with the controls. Hey, Jaspers is alive! Or at least, he was in the past. According to the timestamp, this was almost nine years ago. You try to move the crosshairs with a joystick, but it seems to be permanently locked on a specific target. You might be able to unlock it, but you clearly don't have much time to horse around with this thing. You zoom out. It looks like you and Jaspers were having one of your sessions. You weren't making a lot of progress, though, because Jaspers was no doubt being characteristically recalcitrant. You possibly jotted this phrase down in your pad. It is hard to remember, though. Wait. Could this be that day? Cause time paradox. You attempt to purify Jaspers. This would surely cause a time paradox because you can plainly see that he has not told you his secret yet. But it seems the machine has a safety mechanism to prevent such irresponsible purification practices. The paradox ghost imprint of Jasper appears instead and quickly settles into a mound of sludge. The machine besides it sucks up the paradox sludge and begins some kind of automated procedure. It seems whatever sorts of primordial biochemical properties the sludge possesses is being evaluated by the device. The device generates a fetal paradox clone of Jasper's. 
The wretched creature exhibits a number of unfortunate mutations, though. The good news is that it will be mercifully unestablished along with this facility shortly. This is also the bad news. Whoever was operating this machine in the past may have been making unsuccessful attempts to perfect the science of ectobiology. Have a flashback. There was no need for a flashback. Conveniently, you can watch what happened right here on the monitor. You roll the clock forward a few seconds. Jaspers reveals his stunning secret to you in strict confidence. Before you could ask him to clarify, he vanished into thin air. You now believe you understand why. However, you were not the one to purify him from this moment. Your hand was nowhere near the controls just now. A couple of weeks after he vanished, his body washed up along the riverbank. His suit was a mess. Your mother fitted him with a new one just before the absurd funeral service she insisted upon. Trace Jasper's whereabouts on the machine. Roll the clock forward to a week after he vanished. It seems there is no accessible feed for tracing his whereabouts during that time frame. You fast forward another week. There he is, just as you found him. Fast forward to now. It's Jasper's. He's alive. Well, okay, he's still dead, but his body is intact. Turns out it wasn't some kind of disintegratificator like you thought. It's more like an escapalizer. I purified Jasper's immediately. Good thing you finally got all that sorted out. You only have ten seconds to spare. Time to stash the dead cat and Amscray. Stop fooling around and transportalize out of there. Pretty decent escapalization. Jade, locate and feed the devil beast you call a pet. Good luck finding him. If he wants to be found, he will find you. Becquerel has always managed to elude your prognosticative faculties. He is completely invisible to your intuition somehow, a property almost totally unique to him. It used to freak you out a little, but you have long since grown accustomed to it. Huh? Oh, it was nothing. Nothing at all. Moving right along. Retrieve the package you expected to arrive. The birthday package you were expecting from John arrived a month late, and yet right on time. It landed over there past the crumbling monument, a satellite to the great mystic ruins at the center of the crater lagoon. John, triple somersault into the room, etc. Stick the landing. Okay, you do that. You are now in your dad's room. Hmm, where are all the clowns? You spot your dad's briefcase beside you. It probably contains all sorts of clues, or at least various forms of paperwork critical to his trade as a hilarious street performer. Snoop. Ah, uh, yeah, here come the secrets. Get ready for some major reveal. Wait a minute. These are just boring business documents and spreadsheets. What the hell is going on here? Examine your dad's room. Kind of a boring room. Just a businessman. Not all that into clowns. Most shocking twist yet. Who's this douchebag? Calm down. It'll be all right. So all those years, while you believed he was out busking up the corners with hilarious antics, he was working as an ordinary businessman all along. He was just a man trying to make a good, honest living for his son. Maybe he was too embarrassed to tell you the truth. Or maybe it was just that you never bothered to ask? You guess you always just assumed. The human prisoner has broken out of his jail cell yet again, 
Attempts to block the cell door with heavy objects have proven futile. You're going to need a bigger safe. Who's this guy? Enter name. Spade Slick. Spade Slick? Got a nice ring to it. But you know your own name. And that damn well ain't your name. Take another stab at it. State name and rank. Okay. State name and rank. You are Arc Agent Jack Noir. You oversee various affairs of a dark kingdom. Presently, you are determining how to deal with this prisoner, who has been a thorn in your side since he was apprehended. You view the affairs of the kingdom through a series of fenestrated walls. You have three walls, nearly enough to form a cubicle of vigilance, which is a full and proper enclosure for an agent of your stature. However, much to your utter contempt, your fourth wall was stolen some time ago. Jack. Don Comical Hat. This frivolous headdress turns your stomach. You'd sooner stick your head in a furnace than coax it to this monstrosity's loathsome colorful maw. It's bad enough that your exalted ruler ordered everyone to drape themselves in these hideous rags the moment the troublesome human with the pipe and his child showed up. But you draw the line at the hat. Call a minion. You order one of your burliest agents to the scene. He brings something heavier this time. Your transmission is interrupted. It seems your glorious monarch has concerns over your wardrobe. Fine. You begrudgingly don the comical hat. Stupid, lousy, wise and just leader. What a royal pain in the ass. Throw down hat in disgust. You fully intend to once your superior stops breathing down your neck for a second. Wait. What now? Your blood is boiling so hot you could cook a head on your carapace. Looks like you'll have to go handle this yourself. Investigate room for anything Dad may have left behind. John, investigate room for anything Dad may have left behind. It seems there are some unopened birthday presents, which Dad didn't get around to giving you yet. Present time! Open a present, see what's inside. The one on the right seems promising. You open it to see what's inside, and oh god, yes. Obtain sweet loot. You tear into this thing and put a mean peep on the sweet loot. In addition to the modus control deck, you got a bonus array fetch modus, plus another 12 cards, which are practically worthless by this point, but hey, you'll take them. First thing you do is flush the extra cards into your deck. Okay, this really is just way too many cards. Equip array fetch modus. The array modus allows you to store and retrieve any item from a card at any time. It seems exceptionally serviceable, albeit difficult to weaponize. Boring. Read instructions for control deck. There's nothing to read, really. You just pop in some modus cartridges in the slots, fire it up, and see what happens. You start by putting the stack and Q modi into the slots. Your Silodex now behaves like both a stack and a Q. Items can be removed from either the top card or the bottom card. You see no reason at all not to jam the array cartridge in there, too. You make sure to blow the dust out first, of course. The Silodex configures itself into an array of distinct Q stacks. Now we're talking. This is just the sort of needless complexity you have to come to expect from your inventory management system. 
unwrap the smallest present first. You have a staunch policy of always saving the biggest present for last. Always. You retrieve a box of delicious fruit gushers. Could this birthday get any better? You don't think so. Open the big one. You thought wrong. Fill up an entire cue stack with shoes. Okay, awesome. Cue stacks full of shoes. Capture log fruit gushers. Dang, you spaced out and put it in the wrong cue stack. Don't worry, you'll get the hang of this. Closely inspect fruit gushers box. So delicious. You can't wait to capture log one of these packs and make like a million gushers. Screw all this building nonsense, you'd rather make candy. Wait a minute. It it can't be. The heinous batter witch has her gnarled claws in everything. What do gushers have to do with baked goods anyway? Or how does this make sense? Why? Why? Mental breakdown. This is stupid. Jade, retrieve package. Rose, check self for any mixed atoms with cat. Nope, no mixed atoms. Look like you and the kitty kept your genes to yourselves. Your new kitty whose name is... You'll think of one later. Hey, where the heck are you anyway? Look around room. Oh, you're back home. The well-stocked bar in the vantage from the window tells you this is your mom's room, or at least what you thought was her room. You decide not to be especially melodramatic about this revelation. Watch the meteor impact. Huh, that's funny. Shouldn't that place be unestablished by now? The downpour of smaller meteors has stopped. Better get out of here. This room is a powder keg with all this booze lying around. John, get down to business. Suddenly you are feeling very businessman-like for some reason. You just punched a shitload of cards in anticipation of making a whole lot of cool stuff. This time you didn't foolishly destroy any items. You just looked at the codes from some objects you rounded up and punched them on blank cards. You wonder how much alchemizing you can get away with before Rose gets back. As if she's got any right to tell you what to do with your hard-earned grist. You're the one running around here putting your ass on the line. All she's got to do is mess around with her computer. Anyway, you better hurry. Jade, dream. You are now dreaming. Your dream bot is awake and active. Obliquely for shadow future through interpretive dance. Your silly dance foreshadows nothing and is essentially meaningless, but it sure is a lot of fun. Quick, get into bed! You climb into bed and try to get comfortable, but some sort of invisible force is pressing down on you. A strange feeling of cold, heavy metal. This happens every time you try to get into bed. No wonder you can never get any sleep. Realize you can fly. There's not much to realize. Of course you can fly. Open the package. You stop all this flying around nonsense and examine John's birthday package. To Gigi from GT. Unfortunately, you cannot open it yet. This package has an important journey to make first. You are planning on delivering it momentarily. Good thing you already know what's inside, otherwise you would surely be consumed by curiosity and suspense. You sincerely pity anyone who might be forced to endure such a fate. 
months in the past. Enough for the above weather to be seasonally reconcilable. Ghosty Trickster began pestering Garden Gnostic. GT, hey, happy birthday, Jade. GG, yay, thank you, John. GT, whew, okay, I got your present in the mail just on time. Plus, I sent roses and Dave's, too. Why do your guys' birthdays gotta be all bunched together like that? You are running me ragged. GG, <laughs> I know, but it's nice of you to think of all of us like that. GT, I can't wait for you to see what I got you. I don't want to spoil it or anything, but hopefully it will help you solve those problems you've been having lately. Mysterious wink. Gigi, I'm sure it is great, and I can't wait either. It might take a while to get here from there, but it will be worth the wait. GT, oh man, I am such an idiot. I forgot about how long it takes you to get stuff. Arg. Gigi, John, that's okay, really. I'm sure it will get to me exactly when it needs to. And it will be a nice surprise when it does. GT. Okay, well, I hope so. GG. Uh, hold on. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. I had to tell someone to go away. GT. Oh, God. The trolls again? GG. Yup. GT. They have been such a pain in the ass lately. It seems like there are so many. There are either like 50 of these ridiculous people or it's one guy with a lot of alt accounts. Gigi, I've never had any sort of feeling about them or what they want, which is kind of weird, but it seems like they are probably all different people and not one guy. I've counted twelve. GT, what do they want with us? Gigi, some people just like to needle others for some reason, John. It is like a game, I guess. They are like pranksters. GT, oh hell no, shittiest pranksters ever. Gigi, but I think they are mostly harmless. Every so often they manage to get through my block filter and hassle me. It's been going on for years. Actually, some of them are kind of funny, I think. Hee <laughs> hee. GT. Oh, wow, what? Years? Okay, well, I am sick of them. I've been thinking of changing my pester chum handle to throw them off the trail. So, I guess I'm going to do that. John. Make totems. You have already carved a few totems, but you have had to return to the living room for more Cruxite dowels. Your carving work is not nearly complete. Every time you re-enter your room, you shudder at the recent handiwork of some mischievous imps. You just can't turn your back on them for a second. Rotten imps, those posters were like children to you. Rose, flee room. At long last, you have returned to your bedroom with the stable power supply and internet connection. Vodka Mutini purrs at your side. You suppose you will call it Muty for short. Pester John. Titi, that's quite a totem collection. What are you planning? Eb, Oh, whoa, hi. Oh, gonna make some stuff. Are you okay? Hasn't your house been on fire for like five hours now? Titi, No, that was a nearby forest, which up until quite recently would have been best described as on fire. But you may be excited to learn that just as recently, my house finally notched that achievement. E.B. Wow, congrats, I guess? T.T. Thank you. Have you seen Dave? E.B. Nah, his bro is probably busy kicking his ass. That's probably all there is to say on the matter. T.T. Okay. I'm going to start putting this grist to use, too. 
Let's be sparing with the frivolous knick-knack breeding and focus on getting you up to the gate, okay? E.B., yeah, okay, I hear you, but I think we'll have plenty. I've been killing imps all over the house, and now it's lousy with gushers. T.T., gushers? E.B., I mean grist. Serves them right for ruining my posters, the bastards. T.T., which posters? E.B., don't you see? My sweet movie posters. Look at them. They're fucking ruined. T.T., John. E.B., what? T.T., are you suggesting that imps are responsible for defacing your movie posters? E.B., uh, yeah? T.T., your posters have looked like that ever since I first saw your room. The moment we started playing this game, I thought you had to face them ironically to mock your father's interests. John? E.B., very funny, Rose! Ha 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 ha! E.B., nice joke. Great joke there, Rose. Top of the line prank. Hee hee. Ha 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 ha. T.T., this is good. Laughter is probably the best way to avoid being especially melodramatic about the revelation. E.B., yes. Yes. Let's keep this joke going, because it is a good one. Ha ha ha. Oh my. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. W.V., descend. You cannot descend from the top of your mobile station. The loose cable you gathered up and tied together is not yet long enough to allow you to reach the ground safely. You have used all the cable you can find. You will have to come up with another plan. Sacrifice your mayoral sash for more cables. No way! Absolutely not! Were you crazy? A mayor does not relinquish his mayoral sash under any circumstances ever, period. A purify the temple. That's such a dumb idea. Not as dumb as using your sash, but it comes close. That temple is way too big. You probably just end up purifying a chunk of useless, boring rock. Wait, what's that? There's something dangling from on top of one of the towers near the temple. Command Serenity to carry the rope to you. She is a tiny insect and cannot possibly lift more than the weight of a pumpkin seed. She does, however, inform you of what the ledge contains through a series of informative blinks. There is an old rusty harpoon lodged into the crumbling rock. Tied to it is a bunched-up jumble of handy cable. This strikes you as convenient. It is almost as if someone knew you would need a bunch of cable, and that you would have a mayoral sash made out of cable, and that you were particularly attached to that mayoral sash and would stubbornly refuse to use it. Anyone who knew that much would surely possess a special gift. Alas, it seems a bit far-fetched. Get ye rope. Okay, we just established it was a cable and not a rope, but that's okay. You take a hasty swig from one of your delicious pawns and put down. You then quickly adjust the coordinates to purify the jumble of handy cable. Uh... To Mr. Mayor. Oh, of course. The time wasn't set to the present moment. Somehow it got reset to a few hundred years ago. It is some sort of present from the past. In the present. Attached is an envelope. It looks extremely important. You open the envelope. Inside is a letter and another envelope. This is all highly confusing and you do not know what to make of it. Still, it is obviously critical mayoral business, which you take very seriously and will defend this package with your life. Try to appear via the cable again. 
You set the time to the present and purify the jumble of cable. Take obvious course of action. You tie all the cable together and carefully lower your precious pumpkin bindle. You then rappel down the station with the package, which must not leave your side. Years in the future. Which is to say, the present moment precisely. An aimless renegade prepares for company. Rose, build as much as you can, as fast as you can. E.B., okay, while I make some stuff here, can you keep an eye out for imps? Just keep the safe or tub handy or something. It'll serve them right for trashing my posters. T.T., I keep telling you the posters were always like that. E.B., if I keep telling you, haha, very funny. T.T., here, look. And there are two links to screenshots from earlier. Yeah, I saw those, but... E.B., yeah, I saw those, but they didn't look like that before. You must have changed them. T.T., even if I had the motive for such a bizarre and pointless deception, where would I find the time? I don't even have Photoshop. E.B., then why didn't you tell me they were there? T.T., I had no reason to think you were not aware of them. I thought they were strange, certainly, but was not struck by any particular impulse to discuss them. E.B., okay, it still doesn't make sense, though, implying that I drew them a while ago and then forgot and couldn't see them and now suddenly see them? That's stupid. What would that even mean? T.T., it looks like you were in your father's room recently. E.B., yeah. T.T., and how did it make you feel to discover what was in there? E.B., oh no, I just realized. You are going to psychotherapify me. Well, don't bother. T.T., maybe I am just being a friend? E.B., maybe. I suspiciously. Anyway, I guess you saw what's in there. It's boring and there's not much to even see. T.T., that doesn't matter. What matters is how seeing it affected you. I think it clearly has in some way. E.B., well, I don't know. At first I was nervous to go in and find more of his weird clowns because of course they're stupid and I hate them a lot. But then when I didn't see any, it was weird. I felt weirdly, like, disappointed almost. T.T., is it fair to say this changed your perception of your father? E.B., yeah, I guess. T.T., is it such a stretch to conclude a change your perception of other things as well? E.B., uh, no, maybe not. But what are you getting at? It sounds like you're saying I'm crazy. John, alchemize. T.T., I don't like to use the word crazy. E.B., oh God, see, this is therapy bullshit. T.T., that was a joke. But anyway, whether it means you're crazy or not, consider this theory. Your presumably long-standing tendency for scrawling this imagery is really your subconscious trying to express something disturbing within you, possibly something from your past, which you have blocked out. And since you have suppressed it, your conscious self cannot acknowledge the drawings, therefore they have been invisible until now. E.B. Why now? T.T. Perhaps because you have seen evidence that conflicts with a worldview your subconscious has constructed to obfuscate the truth that your dad is not necessarily the clown-loving maniac you thought he was. All along, this negative attribute buried in your psyche may have been projected onto him and subsequently reviled as a sort of defense mechanism. E.B., but this is absurd. My dad loves these shitty clowns. He's got all these statues and paintings everywhere. T.T., 
Is it unthinkable that over the years it was he who believed you were the one with the passion for clowns because of all the strange drawings in your room? A father then embraces a son's hobby to establish a stronger bond, or wages a campaign of passive-aggressive mockery of your interests. Either is plausible. I don't know your dad all that well. E.B. I don't know. I'm not sure about all this. But I think we need to stop and acknowledge the bunny sassacre fedora I just made. T.T. It's awesome. E.B. Yeah. E.B. Wow, what are you doing, by the way? Rose, sorry to say, but this is all looking kind of silly. T.T. I'm trying to spread the upward construction around so there's more substantial foundation for later on, but I'm starting to wonder if it will be strong enough. It's kind of starting to wobble a little. I don't think brick chimneys were meant to serve this architectural purpose. E.B. Yeah, no shit. T.T. I might have to adopt a different building strategy. Stick to more load-bearing walls in blockier shapes, especially since grist has been easier to come by lately. E.B. Okay, but you really must be running low on time by now, right? T.T. Right. E.B. Strider! And that's the end of Act 3, Part 2. Um... I should have Act 3, Part 3 out uh, in a week, Monday, same as usual, or what you would be usual if I actually kept to the time schedule I'm trying to keep to. Um, my Act 2 review should be out soon, too. Um, that might just end up being me. We'll see how that goes. Um, if you guys like it just being me, or if you guys really hate it just being me, um, let me know. Just always let me know anything that I can do to improve your listening experience. Um, uh, as always, I have a Patreon at Socially Anxious Dragon. I have um, a Discord and a link to that on my main YouTube page. Um, I've got a Redbubble. I've got a website. I've got a bunch of links on my main YouTube page. I also did a playthrough of I Swap Friendsim. Um, so if you want, check that out. It's about 40 minutes for each uh, for each troll. So it was really fun. I'm also going to do a Hive Swap Act 1 playthrough at some point. Um, I don't know if that's going to be anytime soon, like before my next couple of episodes or what, but it's, it's coming and um, I'll get it out before Act 2 comes out for sure. I mean, especially since we don't know when Act 2 is coming out. Um... But yeah, that's about all I have for you today. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, comment. Just um, any anything you do to show your support is super appreciated. I really pre appreciate everyone who's been listening and liking and subscribing so far. Um, and yeah, please definitely share with your friends if you think that they would like this content. Um, yeah, thank you to Andrew Hussey and I guess now Viz Media. And I will see you all next week.